0: All right, guys, uh, welcome back to another episode of um, 100 Books a Year with Kevin. Today, um, let's continue our discussion on um, capital allocators. Um, We did a little bit of an introduction yesterday, talk about why we love it, why we want to do it. Um, My personal... Motivation is I want to see kind of how institutionalized investors think and how they perceive risk and analyze the market and, you know, um, learn about other businesses. And um, of course, right, like uh, today, let's talk about the CIO's toolkit, right? Um, so Ted Sundays argues that CIO needs to learn the market, right? Needs to learn about how market works, you know, uh, whatever segment that you're in. And really they need to be able to communicate effectively with writing, listening, talking. Um, we're not really talking about, okay, um, any sort of a financial cer- certificate like the CFA or you know some kind of analyst cer- uh, certificate. We're just talking about kind of like a practical knowledge in a sense that um, not really something that it can be taught or learned during a certificate training, if that makes sense. So, Ted outlines five different um, interview techniques in terms of uh, what he thinks are the most important ones. And I, I wanted to kind of want to maybe break it down for you guys one by one, and then we'll see how long does it take, and then we'll come back for a second part tomorrow or something. So the first one is interviewing. The second one is decision making the third one is negotiation the fourth one is leadership the fifth one is management okay so interviewing decision making negotiation leadership and management so let's dive into each and one of those right so for interviewing it doesn't really mean um, like interviewing you know, for, me for a job. It means chatting with the money managers, right? So the person that's actually on the ground making these trades. Um, because when a CIO manages the money managers, they usually, um, in a sense that, have a sort of a quote-unquote interviewing strategy. Okay, what is your Technique, right? What is your market outcome? What is your um, buy plans for the future? What do you think are the factors that can influence this investment or this positioning? So it's really about how to communicate effectively with other managers that that are managing the capital for you from a CIO, right? So, a couple of things within the interviewing. First thing is we want to define the purpose, right? It's not really like a regular conversation where both sides typically, you know, like talk about the same thing or share the same airway, like half and half, right? I talk and you talk, I talk and you talk. Interviewing is like a conversation with a purpose, if you want to put it that way. So whenever an allocator, whenever a CIO is communicating with a money manager, they're usually engaging in content evaluation or persona um, evaluation. It's sort of like judging how the manager is thinking about this particular position, this particular trade, and what is their enthusiasm level, right? So CIO really seeks to confirm and refute pending or upcoming investment hypothesis in a a manager. So kind of by using this kind of a communication or interviewing tactics to get a sense of where we are and where we're trying to go, and then maybe ask some critical questions or ask some follow up questions to either clear up their thinking or, uh, per, or present the opposite view, right? Now, another thing about the interview are uh, really important. He, uh, Ted talks about is preparing, right? So the problem is is that, uh, most people either don't prepare or they stay the or they say to the to the script too much, so. They don't prepare, then they kind of waste their valuable time sitting down with a portfolio manager. In the sense that they just don't really know how to get organized and how to dive into which question or which area deeper. Now the problem was over prepared. uh we used to have this problem before when Jovier and I first this first uh, did our own podcast. Is we will prepare like you know like a lot of script and the notes, but the thing is, is we kind of are too rigid on the notes in a sense that we fail to ask good follow-up questions. Uh, like a lot of times, those follow-up questions are the ones that you should be able to nail or you should be able to, um, quote unquote, get that give this communication purpose, right? Is that kind of like, you know, um, that a spur of the moment thing that you want to kind of pressing on the follow-up questions? Because like a lot of times, those moments, you cannot prepare for them, right? So um, in terms of, pre- of, of preparation, the allocator should just be reviewing the notes and looking at the notes and make sure that we're on the same page right there, right? The next for interviewing is setting the stage. So the environment is actually very important, right? Um, most people, they have their interview uh, in a conference table sitting across from, from uh, each, other, in, each other in like a confrontational view. That's actually not recommended, right? It's easier maybe to go through a talking points in a cafe, in a diner, or a ball game, events, golfing, all that fun stuff, right? And it's really important to find a common ground, kind of like treat treat the communication not as a transactional tool, like I need to do this for you to be on track, but make it relationship-based and really... Ask direct and smart and brief questions. That's what Ted says. Because you don't want to show people how smart you are, but you want to kind of, um, you know, in a sense that, okay, like this is something that I just want to know for the sake of our relationship with, with uh, each other or, uh, about, or about a firm success, right? And also... You know, for a capture, uh, capture alligator perspective. We want we we want to let people talk. We want to be curious. We want to express humility, and really lose a script, right? Maybe have an outline. Maybe I like have some question prepared, but really lose a script and not follow as strictly. Okay. Um. Next thing we're gonna probably have time to cover one or two, so we're gonna do a interview today. Um, it talks about listen actively or active listening uh the purpose of this ted argued that listening is not to understand what it says but to listen for what it meant right what was different from what you heard last time so i think that's actually really interesting because like he described an example that i do this all the time where when you're listening to to uh, somebody and, and your mind is falling and then you have questions And then you let that question interrupt your listening. I do it every freaking time. (laughs) I'm not proud of it, but I do it. Where like after I heard, I said, wait, hold on, hold on. Like, Can you tell me more about that? Like even if I haven't said it yet, then that question will interrupt my active listening. So that is something that I'm trying to work on after reading this book is to really focus on listening, not coming up with questions. Maybe work on, Whenever we have a question come up and we just put a pin in there and then come back to it later. Kind of like think about it and drop it kind of a thing. But I want to make sure that turnaround time is actually really, really quick. And, right, mirroring, right? Personal uses is actually very good and professional uses are actually very good. Um, Repeat back what they say, um, you know, make sure that, you know, we're on the same page and make sure that your uh, recipients know that you're listening and also validating, Right. So, last couple of things are uh, receiving feedback, and then I uh, think about the five why. So receiving feedback is actually very interesting, right? Um, to say, hey, uh, how do I do? Right? What can I improve on? That's receiving feedback. Um, the five why's are actually really interesting as well. Um, I heard this before. I kind of use it uh, in my daily operation. Um, so the five why's just so like whenever. Um, this is actually being used by Toyota. This is like a business management thing. So when whenever something break down, right? Let's say their um, their uh, assembly guy break down, and then uh, the boss will will ask five series of why questions to get to get to the bottom of this, right? So for example, um, I can ask if I'm the boss, right? Like why did the conveyor belt break down, right? And then my team will be like, okay. Um. The uh. What what? What are the assembly arm failed? Why did the assembly arm fail? Oh, uh, there's a part that was out of min uh was out of minutes. Okay, why is that part out of minutes? Because we had a a scheduling conflict and then we just didn't uh, uh didn't get it done until like tomorrow. Oh, uh, why do you guys have a scheduling conflict? You so you see like, the more we kind of like uh, ask the why question to dig deep uh deeper we can find the root cause of what's actually happening that's caused the problem. And sometimes the problem is even on the outside, the problem is not the most important thing right there. So this is one of the uh, two boxes for um, a CIO. We're just talking about interviewing. And uh, for the other four, I don't think I'm going to spend like one episode on each, but we're probably going to condense it for the next couple of days. But... Today, just to recap, we are diving into the CIO 2 tick, a kick, two kit. There we go. And then uh, we're mostly covering interviewing. Um, my favorite thing to take away here is active listening and how to let your questions or follow-up questions ride and not let it interrupt your listening and thinking. That's my takeaway from that. Alright, guys, thank you for listening. Subscribe, share with your friends, give a rating, and we we'll go from there. Okay, bye.